0: Welcome, Scott. Welcome to Talking Leaders. Thank you. Great to be here. Paul, thanks. Just give us a bit of background on you, Scott. You're you're a leadership coach, but set yourself apart from everyone else.
1: Yeah. So I guess I'll start with kind of the idea that I that I care about the most um, is that to lead at your best, you have to live at your best, and that's a conclusion that I've come to after. 18 years of, of executive coaching and, and leadership education, and prior to that, 15 years of, of corporate experience myself mm-hmm. as a as a manager and executive. So you know, I've been around this world a, a long time now, and you know, I see a lot with my clients and my audiences uh, more and more really over the last 10 years. I think it, it, it the challenge of leading and living at your best. I think gets bigger, you know, year yeah. over year, especially mm-hmm. over the last 10 years. And, you know, I've had some, like we all do, uh, if you live long enough, uh, some personal uh, journeys and and uh, my own challenges along the way that, that have really brought that home for me. And, you know, I, I just have tried to apply what I've learned in all domains, whether it's working with clients or reading research from others and or you know, talking with other people or looking at my own life experience and professional experience, and just try to sum it all up in this idea that to lead at your best, you have to live at your
0: best. So, you started the coaching business when exactly?
1: Uh, we started uh, the coaching business in the end of the year 2000, December of 2000, and um, it's evolved a lot over the years. I, you know, the first three or four years was pretty much straight up one-on-one executive coaching, and then I wrote my first book, uh, The Next Level, What Insiders Know About Executive Success, and that came out in the spring of 2006. And uh, we'll probably talk a little bit today about the third edition of that book that's coming out in October of 2018. But that book really changed uh, the nature of my business a lot. Uh, There's a lot of, I think, simple, practical, uh, at this point, proven ideas in that book that managers and executives can put to work and have used over the years. and it's has provided uh, a lot more opportunity for me to be a, a leadership educator and a, and a speaker in addition to the coaching. So mm-hmm. kind of those three things, coaching, uh, education, and uh, speaking as a keynote or, or workshop leader.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think those people who do know you definitely know you for the next level thing. Mm-hmm. Next level is a sort of is, – is a concept. I mean, it was your book, but, I mean, the book really captures an overall mm-hmm. – concept uh in, in your approach to coaching just give us give us an overview before we go into some of the the details describe what next level is
1: yeah that's a that's a great question because uh, honestly when i when i first started working on the book it was the old uh, in 2004 and 5 it was the idea of write what you know you know and yeah. what I, what i knew as as a former corporate leader myself and working in those early days of coaching with a lot of corporate leaders who frankly were in over their heads. Uh, You know, I'd been in over my head (laughs) in many situations in my corporate career. And, you know, you're moving into executive level roles. Uh, The expectations are always really high, but I think very rarely clearly defined. And so what I was trying to do initially was define the expectations and talk about how you meet them, you know, when you're moving into bigger Leadership roles and Mm. I think that's still really a big challenge for people but what I've learned over the years is the next level is really pretty much any situation where where you're expected to get different results and that could be from a promotion it could be from many of the people I work with are in the same job they were in a year or two ago but the scope is a lot bigger today because everybody's expected to do more but less on a continuous basis almost Mm. Uh, competitive environment changes performance expectations continue to rise Any of those situations require different results, and I think pretty much any situation where you have to get different results requires you to think of it as a next-level situation, and Mm. and there are different mindsets. I think that go with that.
0: Mm. Now, you divide the book and and your teaching into three Mm. aspects of presence. Am I right in in describing it as that? yeah. You talk about the need to think about your personal presence – uh, your, your team presence and your organizational mm. presence give us a bit more on that why Why is presence as you you call it there why is it so important you as yeah. an area for change when you you make that step up
1: well a simple way to think about it is how are you showing up i mean you know you're you're literally present mm. or not you know mm. depending on 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 how you approach it and you know we quite often hear the term executive presence or leadership presence, at least, and I think in our work, Paul, we do. i I'm, I'm less and less convinced actually that people who are actually in the roles think a lot about executive presence, right? And uh, but anyway, I've tried to break it down into three big buckets of behaviors. the one that you meant the ones you mentioned personal presence, team presence, and organizational presence. And really, what I've tried to do in the new edition of the next level is make it even simpler for everybody to understand. It really comes down, I think, to three imperatives that match up with those three buckets. Uh, And the the imperatives that I have identified are managing yourself, leveraging your team, and engaging your colleagues. And I think if you want to put that term presence into action, you know, that managing yourself, engaging your, or leveraging your team and engaging your colleagues are are three good ways to think about it. Mm.
0: So are you saying Uh, that You know, as you progress more and more, leadership becomes so much more about you rather than than specific things that you do.
1: That's an interesting
0: question. So say more about what you mean, more about you. So in the book, you talk about this idea of letting go of primarily focusing on doing yourself. And moving more towards as the leader defining what should be done and giving the parameters for for others to act and to do things and in that chapter you talk and this this particularly resonated with me it said you probably got promoted because you were really good in one particular Mm -hmm. field or other and Mm -hmm. that's great but now as a leader you you can't just run around being the, the sort of player manager the emphasis is much more on you as a person, your, as you say, your presence rather than, uh, you just being great at, at, at whatever it is you did, you know, <laughs> making widgets yeah. or, or, or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. why I was thinking is that's, that's a kind of shift. It's, it's focusing even more on you and you've got to get used to that idea.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think that's true in lots of ways. It's the shift. There's the word you just used that really resonates with me because, your person changes. I guess maybe the way you view yourself changes, you know, quite often people that are promoted into these larger leadership roles, and you alluded to this a minute ago, they got promoted because at least in the United States, we have this phrase uh, of being a go-to person, you know, like, you know, like, I'm going to go to that person because they always get it done. And, and so that's what most leaders are, in my experience. They're go-to people. Uh, they were, at some point in their career, they were a subject matter expert, and they leveraged that subject matter expertise in really impressive ways. And they got a lot of great stuff done. And eventually, they got promoted because of all the great stuff they got done. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> you know, go-to people get stuff done. Great thing to be. I always say and kind of joke until it's no longer a great thing to be. Mm. And and that's when the scope gets to be so, so big that you can't operate the way successfully anymore. And so the shift to, to use the word you just used is to make the shift from being the go-to person to someone who builds and nurtures teams of go-to people, mm. you know, being that kind of leader. So, you know, I'm still a person, right? You know, it's still about me and it was about me when I was a subject matter expert. And, and in some ways, it's about me as I grow and evolve into more of a leader, which, of course, almost implicitly uh, suggests that I've got to focus on them. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. It's not about me. It's about them and these other people. And, you know, how can I equip them and and, and uh, you know, engage them and uh, teach them and coach them
0: and all the other things that have to be done to really develop a just a really great team? Mm in your experience, do you find that different people have to take a different approach or find certain aspects more challenging than others?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think people do find it challenging. And one of the big ideas in the next level that we haven't discussed yet is that there are behaviors and mindsets that you need to pick up mm. as you move in the next level situations and there are behaviors and mindsets that you need to let go of. We referred to a couple of them a minute ago, like in the leveraging your team part of the book or the the team presence part of the book pick up uh team reliance let go of self-reliance pick Mm -hmm. up defining what to do let go of telling how to do it and i always ask people which is more challenging picking up or letting go and uh, literally 98 percent of the people that i talk to say well of course letting go you Mm -hmm. know and it's and so why is that you know why is that more challenging and i The conclusion I've come to over the years, I mean, most people that end up in leadership positions, not all, but most are pretty intelligent people and have a track record of success. And they're good at learning new things, right? If they weren't, they wouldn't continue to progress. And picking up is really more of a cognitive exercise. You know, it's learning to do something new which between the two of picking up and letting go is easier for people because Mm. letting go is more of an emotional exercise, right? And if if you ask people, as I do all the time, why is letting go more challenging? Well, you know, I'm just not comfortable with it, you know, and it's not comfortable letting go of it or, or, uh, you know, I'm a little concerned that my teams or I'm a lot concerned that my team's not going to be able to pull it through. Or, you know, I, my identity is kind of wrapped up in this skill set and expertise. My reputation has been made of that. If I'm not doing that, like, what are people going to think of me? Mm-hmm. And really what all of those kinds of answers uh, cover is, is one big emotion. And that's, emo- that emotion is fear. Mm-hmm. You know, e- People are afraid to let go <clears throat> for lots of different reasons, but the core underlying emotion is fear. And so mm. that's a lot more challenging for people to work with and and to overcome mm. than learning something new most yeah. of the time. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's why
0: the shift is hard. I mean, you use the word comfortable there and that, that uh, called to my mind that, you know, the term comfort zone and you, you'd almost say, I suppose th- doing the things that you did well, that almost defines your comfort zone. So yeah, in saying okay stop doing all those things that really is a, an imperative to to leave the comfort zone in more ways than one i mean you're not just you're not just moving out in one direction you you're giving all, up all sorts of stuff and stuff that did define you and, and provided your foundation so you can see why it's it's, it's scary for people mm-hmm. yeah for sure now in 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 Next Level, we talk very much about executives. There are some super stories from some pretty high-level leaders in, in various organizations, mm. uh, many of them as we've referred to as C-suiters. But who is the book aimed at? I mean, who should yeah. be picking it up? Is it just those people who are at, on the verge of those really high-powered jobs or, or whoever?
1: No, I would I would actually say it's not exactly the opposite. But I, I think that the group you just mentioned, the people that have been in the executive ranks – for a number of years and are moving to that, you know, ultimate uh, role in their organization. I think there's probably some things in the book that are useful to them for sure. Uh, but there's also probably a lot of stuff in the book that they've lived through already, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. Think it, I think it's more the sweet spot uh, for that book, uh, for the next level book, are people who are moving into these next level situations, uh, whether it's the big promotion or their scope just got massively increased. And they're experiencing that for the first or second time in their career, you know, moving into the, ex- you know, there's in larger companies, especially exec- the executive ranks are sometimes pretty, pretty large, right? Mm-hmm. Depending mm-hmm. on the company. And, you know, there's the C-suite and the direct reports to the C-suite, but, you know, even two levels down, sometimes those people are still considered, at least by most of the organization as executives. Right. Yeah. And, and and so I'm, I think those people that are maybe a couple of levels down from the C-suite but still have a lot of management responsibility are looked to as uh, significant leaders within their company. I think the book is very valuable to them as well. I mean, probably they're the primary audience.
0: Right. But what about people who are in smaller organizations or whose Mm -hmm. leadership extends in in maybe not quite a sort of an executive authority way and it's more Mm -hmm. of an influence thing? Do you think there's still something in in it for those kind of leaders?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I hope so. I I definitely hope so. I mean, you know, if I come back to the three imperatives I talked about earlier, managing yourself, leveraging your team and engaging your colleagues – those are important as a small business as well. I mean, I, I run a small business and all three of those are really, really important to our success. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've got a small team and everybody has to, you know, for us to, to really serve our clients well and and make the impact we want to make our team has to work well together and everybody has to fill their role, their roles really effectively. And, I can't do it all by myself. I've, I've got to leverage my team. Mm. There's only so much of me, and you know, one of my favorite questions, and I think this is a great question for entrepreneurs who are starting, you know, their own thing or they're in smaller companies. What is it that only you can do? Mm. And you know, that's that's less of a personal question and more of a positional question. You know, mm. it's like you're the CEO of the company or you're the president of this company that you founded. Uh, great. Well, you know, there's certain things that come with that role that are probably uniquely suited to you because you're in that role. You're not, and this is true for me, I'm not the only person that can manage my calendar. I'm not the only person who can make sure that our bills get paid or that people who owe us money pay us. I mean, you know, we've we've got people that can help us with that, mm. you know, and, and do and do a great job with that. And, you know, just as a couple of quick examples, but I see a lot of people, um, uh, even in large companies but i think this is probably more true in smaller companies you know they they don't recognize the opportunity to leverage other people mm-hmm. and 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 because they don't leverage other people then they're not really engaging with their customers or their or their colleagues or their peers or people who can really help them take their own business or organization to the next level whatever mm-hmm. that looks like for them because they're just kind of caught up in their underwear, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, doing things that
0: really aren't the highest and best use of their time and attention. What about the future? Do you think leadership in the 21st century is, is going to develop and change, or is leadership the same over the millennia and always will be?
1: Well, that's a, uh, that's a, a, don't don't you wish you knew the answer to that? I I wish I knew the answer to that. I, I can't imagine how it won't, you know, and, it, and we see so much already. I, it, the information technology and the, the rapidity at which information is shared, was, you know, literally in light speed, the, the impact on attention spans that that's had, it's got to change leadership, right? I mean, I, I at the end, we're all people, but I guess what I'm, well, guess what I'm getting to, and I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. I do think, our neural networks are being rewired right now as a species. And as the way we think and process information changes, I think leadership's going to have to change with it. Mm. Haven't figured out exactly what that looks like, but I think it's something to certainly be aware of and and consider. Mm.
0: So, Scott, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, just give us a plug for the book then. The the next edition of The Next Level is, uh, mm. is coming out when? Well,
1: it's coming out in October towards the middle to end of october of 2018 as we speak this year and it's uh the next level what insiders know about is executive success and i'm really happy that there's a third edition uh, coming out this month and if folks want to learn more about it i would encourage them to go to uh, a website we have for the book called the next and it's pretty simple the next and there's all kinds of information on the book where to buy the book all that good stuff at the next okay
0: Thanks, Scott.